Spring is in full swing, and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool, or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33. Beach. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. Welcome to If You Really Knew Me, a place for honest conversations about the Enneagram to inspire better connections with others, ourselves, and God. I'm Kim Willie, and I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Ben Sarles, who is a certified Enneagram coach here to help us understand all things Enneagram. By learning what motivates us and how we see the world, we can connect with those we love and care about on a greater level. We're so glad you joined us today, and we hope this is your journey to better relationships. We have got a special treat for you today. We sure do. Guess who is joining us? Hey, this is Madison from Kane. Hey, this is Taylor. Hey, guys, this is Logan. We are so excited to have the band Kane with us today. They are made up of siblings Madison Kane Johnson, Taylor Kane Matz, and Logan Kane. So just a little background, they grew up in Alabama, where both of their parents were pastors, and they sang in the church with their dad playing guitar. After college, they found themselves away from church and singing lots of country cover songs in bars and different places. And when they found their way back to the church, they decided that whatever kind of music they were going to sing was going to have Jesus at the center. And Kane launched their debut album, Rise Up, in 2021, and the rest is history. Yes, and let's talk about that three-part harmony. Mm There's just something special when siblings sing together, you know? Today, we're going to have a great discussion about how the Enneagram is a tool they utilize in their lives and music while keeping their focus on Jesus. We love your fun-loving side. Kim and I are all about it. But today, we want to pull from your more serious side, if that's okay, and learn a little more about you. We want to ask you each some questions, so let's dive right in. Taylor, let's start with you. What is your Enneagram type, and what were the circumstances leading you to learn more about the Enneagram? Okay, so I am a total type two, and instead of telling you about the circumstances leading me to learn more about the Enneagram, I'm just going to read you the weaknesses of a type two, and that will totally explain why I needed to do more research. I was seeking and needing approval from others, being perceived as overbearing at times. I had difficulty recognizing and acknowledging my own needs and disliked being easily offended by criticism. And my husband and I were fighting so much. And then once I read this list, I said, aha, that might be why. Madison, what about you? I am an Enneagram 7 wing 6. Heavy on the wing 6, but I have been working on keeping my fear and anxiety under control. I first learned about the Enneagram because it felt like everybody was talking about it. Oh, I'm a type this. And I didn't even know what the numbers meant or anything. So I just took a random test, Googled Enneagram, what am I? And I've taken it so many times trying to be something different than a seven, but that's just what I am. Isn't that amazing how we try to be something different at times? When you discover your type, that's when you can move forward. Logan? Okay, so what is my Enneagram type and what are the circumstances leading me to learn about the Enneagram? Well, I'm a three wing two. And 
so as a three, uh, what led me to learn about the Enneagram is people constantly telling me, oh, you're such a three. I totally can see you as a three. Um, and as any three out there knows, um, I hate not knowing things. And so I had to figure out why people were saying that about me. We say the Enneagram is a tool to help diagnose, but Jesus is the treatment. What have each of you discovered about how God uniquely designed you? Logan, let's start with you. Um, I think there's a couple of things that the Enneagram kind of shed light on in this way. I've learned that I have uh, a really sore spot in my heart for any type of injustice. And I think that um, that's the part of Jesus that I tend to cling to the most is Jesus is so loudly in favor of the the downtrodden and the disenfranchised and the marginalized and um, the weak and the widow. And so I think that that is something that I find true of myself. And um, I didn't know that until I started looking into my Enneagram type. I don't know. Hopefully that's unique. Taylor, what have you discovered? So when you're reading about Enneagram type two and you see all the strengths and then you see all the weaknesses, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not unique at all. But to me, I felt very comforted by that because um, it felt good that there was a lot of people that struggled with the same things or felt the same way about things, and I loved that. But I do see how God has uniquely designed me to go on this journey with Him, and I feel like He's revealed things to me in a different way, and it's it's not the same. I can't compare my testimony or my journey with anybody else. Um, the Enneagram was a great tool for me to kind of realize, okay, this is just something that you're going to lean towards. And I deal with a lot of guilt and a lot of regret. And I'm a perfectionist. And those are things about my personality that I feel like God uniquely designed me with those in mind and that he's using those and he's refining me to where those work for his good and for his glory and that he's helping to shape me in the ways that it was so negative and that those were weaknesses. I'm now learning how to adjust my personality a little bit and um, just to not take things so seriously, you know. Madison, how do you view the Enneagram as a tool and Jesus as the answer? I absolutely ascribed to the fact that the Enneagram is a tool to help diagnose, but Jesus is the answer. He's the treatment. And I think that people can definitely overgeneralize the Enneagram and they can use that to dismiss their flaws like, oh, I'm just... I'm just a seven, so I can't keep my promises. Well, we know that we can do all things through Christ. So it really, if you just take the test, read about yourself, then what you really will do is dismiss all the things that you could grow from. But the Enneagram can't tell you what God has designed you for. Um, Acts 17 talks about how God chose each person where they would live, what time they would be born, and he didn't divide those people into nine types. He are we're each designed uniquely by God for a purpose, but sin is predictable. We all fall short, and I feel like what this test tells us is here are how like our fears and our motivations this shows us the traps that we fall into, but There's no test that can tell you what God has planned for you, and you're not limited to your strengths and weaknesses. 
Can each of you tell us how your knowledge of the Enneagram has given you a deeper connection with others? Do your kids love listening to great stories? It can be tough finding a kid's podcast which upholds your Christian values. Story Jumpers features exciting, entertaining stories by authors who write from a Christian worldview. Each episode is created with kids in mind. Audiobook clips are followed by a brief author interview your kids will find fascinating. This is a podcast for kids. Subscribe to Story Jumpers wherever you listen to podcasts. Story Jumpers is a member of the Bridge Podcast Network. Madison? I got to say, when I read some of my first articles about the Enneagram and especially my type, I got sad because I felt like I was so unique and the stuff, I had no idea that the stuff that I liked and disliked was part of a subtype. I wasn't really as unique as I thought. And it made me aware of like, okay, I bring fun to the table. I bring joy to the table, but I can notice now when I'm not really showing up for people and committing and being there for them, even in their sad and hard times. So I think that just, you know, being aware of my somewhat flightiness has helped me to resist the temptation to not sit with people in their low moments and just really be present with others. I also found out that a seven going to one in stress was really helpful because I feel like sometimes I can surprise people by being, I am a really silly person. I really like to have fun and goof off, but every now and then I'll get stressed and I'll kind of snap. And I think that um, it helped me kind of understand why I go from being, you know, not having a care in the world to being like really perfectionistic. And that helped me to just know that about myself. Isn't that interesting how our main type drives us, but that stress number can surprise people. Logan, what are your thoughts on this? I think the Enneagram has helped me to connect with others, one, in the way that it does for most people, just that it gives you common ground. It either, either you're talking with someone that knows about it and also enjoys learning about themselves in that way, or you're talking with someone who hasn't learned about it and you're eager to show them this new tool. And then also, I think that it's helped me connect with people in a deeper way just by having the self-knowledge of the things that I do, the things that, that feel out of character that really are just kind of deeply rooted in my unhealthy areas of me and my heart and my brain. So being aware of those things and being able to to work on those or to avoid them just helps me connect with people in a, a healthier way. Taylor, how about you? I definitely feel like I've connected with people more now knowing about the Enneagram. I was just talking to my friend the other day and I didn't realize that she was a two like me. And it really was fun to kind of poke fun at ourselves because we just could relate on so many things. And almost, I'm an extrovert, and sometimes I can just keep things real surface level and fun, and we have like a charming conversation. But the Enneagram helped us go deeper because we both were sitting there discussing some of our weaknesses. And it's like, oh, yeah, me too. Like, why do I do that? And In a way, it was like we could go deep and talk about it and connect, but then also laugh at ourselves instead of sitting in our own heads and being really critical about ourselves. It was a way to just see like, hey, you're not alone. And maybe God gave us each other so that we can kind of bounce these ideas off of one another, but not not go into that deep hole that you normally would when you're alone. 
So what I really want to know is, as artist, how does the Enneagram show up in your music? Let's start with you, Taylor. Oh, I love this question. Um, I feel like what I get to do as a two, I'm the caregiver. So each song, oh, I just, I try to give it the care that it needs. And that's something I really enjoy doing. Figuring out in our live show, okay, what does this song need? How can I support this song? How can I make it connect with the audience? How can I also make the audience feel something so good from from our music, from our words? So yeah, I think I've never really thought about this before, but it makes me really happy to think that the care that I give to others, I'm also really attentive to our music and I put a lot of thought into that as well. Madison, does your type seven ever show up on stage? I think my Enneagram, it definitely shows up on stage. Something that's kind of funny is I never like to say the same thing twice between songs, which makes it really complicated for the rest of the band because they're trying to know when to start the song. And I feel like if I say the same thing too much, it's not genuine. And I like to just go off the fly, but that can be really stressful for other people. What are your thoughts, Logan? So how's my type showed up in my music? Well, From a a healthy standpoint, I think that a three-wing two is somebody that strives to connect and strives to um, connect people. And I think that, you know, at night when we're in a room full of others and and trying to lead people in honest worship, um, I feel like I have a decent sense of what's happening in the room. And and I try to be discerning and um, try to be all things to all people. But, you know, that in the same way, the other side of that coin is... I desire to be accepted by all groups. And so I, sometimes I can change my persona or who I am or, or what I'm going to say to cater to a group of people. And um, so it's not always <laughs> it's not always great. Uh, it's not always beneficial for me. But I do find that that's something that I really enjoy is trying to get a finger on the pulse of the group of people that we're interacting with and um, and trying to make space for the Holy Spirit to to give me that discernment and give me the the right message or the right answer in the right moment. And then also, I mean, I think in any line of work, setting big goals and being very ambitious is, is super important. And I think that that's something that comes very naturally to, to threes. And so, yeah, I mean, if there's a trophy, I want to win it. And I think that you are called to to be excellent in everything you do and everything you do, you do it as unto the Lord. And so I think that when healthy, like I said, I think that ambition is is serving me well. I would love to know what are some words of wisdom or hope you can offer our listeners who share your Enneagram type. Madison? For any other Enneagram 7s out there listening, I wonder if you guys feel the same way. Sometimes when I see memes or different things online, it can make 7s seem kind of like airheads and not have any depth and I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm just the saddest seven in the world, but I feel like I go through hard emotions and I have times where I don't want to be social. And so you can still be a seven type and struggle with mental health and having really hard days. And I don't know, there there's some depth there that people may not see or know. Just know that, again, as much as you are a type, you are an individual created by God. Logan, what would you like to share with our other type three achievers? It's funny. I guess I can be nicer to other people than I can to myself. But if you're listening to this and you're a three of any kind or three, two specifically, um, I just want you to know that your ability 
doesn't define your worth and there will never be another you. You specifically are the only you that there is. And God designed you so specifically to meet a specific need in his world. As much as you want to achieve and as much as we, I should say, want to be accepted by all and to be loved by all, the thing about you that you might try to tone down or hide is the very thing that somebody needs. Taylor, can you speak to the heart of our type two friends? Okay, I'm going to try to be really vulnerable and just share what I discovered for myself and maybe it'll help somebody else. So if you're a type two and you're listening today, our greatest fear is that we're not going to be loved. We're not going to receive the same love that we give out. I just kind of realized I feel like God really helped me through this tool to realize that, okay, there's like this desperation vibe and it kind of leaks out of us and people can smell it. Not really, but they can sense when we're just needing something from them so much. I feel like what I've worked on the most is to love with no strings attached. I feel like Jesus, I mean, he was the best at that. He did not require anything in return from the people that he took care of. He met a lot of needs. We know that. Um, But he wasn't ever looking for them to also, I mean, his greatest friend betrayed him. They fell asleep when he asked them to pray for him. And he still gave up his life for his closest buddies. So that's something that I still work on today is just don't be desperate. We have so much love from our Heavenly Father. And sometimes you really want it from the closest people around you. But if you can come in confidence and know that you're already so loved and try to just give from a place of being filled up, it's really hard to do. I don't really nail it all the time. But um, I can say that my relationships are getting better all around just because I'm not coming to them from a place of, I really need this and I'm going to manipulate you. If you don't, I'm trying to just be confident. And even if I'm having to fake it, just know that, man, Jesus has really, he's given me everything I need for a life of godliness. And so, um, yeah, that'd be my advice. One last thing, Madison, we heard you had something to share about the playful side of a type seven. So funny story. Recently, we were doing a meet and greet line at the show and Taylor got me laughing so hard that I fell to the ground. And then I felt so awkward. Everyone was waiting to take a picture until I could stand up. So it made me laugh harder and just keep lying on the ground. So some people thought I was hurt, but I was just laughing too hard. So... I don't know. Just I'm just thankful that there are people that put up with me. You're all so awesome. We have had a blast learning more about Kane today. Absolutely. This has been a great episode. Be sure to learn more about Taylor, Madison, and Logan at their website, KaneTheBand.com, or on social media. We've also included a couple of links for videos in the show notes so that you can enjoy their music as much as we do. If you've enjoyed this episode of If You Really Knew Me, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, God bless.